are live. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Respect the Craft. This is episode number 205, and I'm joined here by the cancer fighter himself, Sean Walker. Good evening, sir. How's it going? Ray, how are you? Uh, before I even go about how I'm doing or how you're doing, let me tell you, out of the media that I have done in the past few months, which has been everything almost A to Z, that intro was was bumping, buddy. That was good. That was good. I was enjoying that one. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Even though we are, as the new year comes, we might be switching it soon, but maybe I'll, I'll reconsider. All right, well, I, I'll reconsider. I, I was digging that. That was good. That got me <laughs> going you. a little bit. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. But again, how are you doing, sir? Good, uh, good evening. Happy New Year. We're still in that. Uh, well, yes. We're still in the first few weeks. So. Are, we, are, we in, are we in the window? Is this going to be like a Larry David situation <laughs> where it's like, oh, no, no, no. Three days. That's it. No. Okay. No. I, I get the first, the first month. So that's like, hey, happy yeah. New Year. We're still, yeah, ha- we're still ha- in January. Happy yeah. New Year. Like, like we had spoken briefly off air. We both said, like, we're just finally yeah. getting going. It's like, okay, time to get moving. Okay, let, let's go. <laughs> but now, now we're here. So, but before we get into all the questions I do have for you, Sean, I want to ask you this. It's a question I ask everyone that comes on. You heard the name of the show. It's called Respect the Craft. So for you, when you hear that term, the craft, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I definitely over the past seven months that I have had the the pleasure of being back in a, a wrestling ring, uh, that most certainly has taken on a new meaning to me. Being the start stop nature of my training previous uh, to 2023, um, I really felt like kind of was kind of like now that I look back, I was like, wow, I was kind of cosplaying wrestler, and now that we're really into it, you know, respecting the craft. Uh, anybody that takes the time to, to get in a ring and train, and you know, my, I tip my cap to you because we really are a, a sport, you know, and, and within it, it's also an art form. And that's what I like to tell people as I transcend different areas of media, you know, above and above all else, wrestling is, is art. So respecting the craft, it's just basically, you know, your brand of art, someone else's brand of art. We're, we're all artists, but at the same time, athletes and entertainers. So it's it's really, uh, it's, it's interesting to start to think of a little bit more, especially now as I've gotten older and wiser. Oh, gotcha. And definitely that is my biggest thing when it comes to it is just, it is for us, it, it is a sport. It's a whole different, it's just, it's the best thing of, it's a little bit of everything. You have the sport element. You have the art of just drama, music, all that all into one. And this is our, it's our crazy world of, uh, of professional <laughs> wrestling. But it definitely deserves the respect because the the what you do, what you put our bo- you put your body through, it's a whole different thing. But now let's get into this. I want to ask you because you mentioned that first run of it as well. What was it that made you decide that first time as well? to jump into the world of wrestling what was it that made you decide i'm not only a fan of this i need to step into the squared circle oh gosh that that's a loaded question and i I don't want to take your listeners time or your time but we'll do an we'll do an exercise in brevity here i've been a wrestling fan i I am going on uh, 40 years old i just turned 39 so i don't want to round up too quickly but I have been a fan since I was probably about three years old. And I was the kid that built the ring with his best friend in his uncle's backyard in grade school. You know, I was the kid 
who was wearing the wrestling t-shirts when, you know, it wasn't cool and every, no one was walking around the hallways crotch chopping one another, you know, NWO DX again, I'm old, I know. Uh, but when it came time for me to start getting involved in high school athletics and I started to play football and, and wrestle itself and uh, play lacrosse and I started to excel at those sports, part of that came uh, the training and you know, you look at the era that I grew up in, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the era of the, the body guy. So as I'm starting to build my own body for athletic performance, I'm noticing guys at the time, you know, not only ones from, you know, in my youth, like, you know, Ultimate Warrior or Hulk Hogan, but then, you know, at the time Triple H is just coming back from a quad tear. So he came back looking, you know, like as Herculean as all can be, you know, and you had... Batista and John Cena, you had all those guys getting started. So I started to gravitate more towards wrestling as I grew this obsession with exercise. And actually uh, at my local gym that I was going to at the time, a, a guy came up to me. He saw me wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt one day and said, oh, uh, you a wrestling fan? I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, uh, my buddy helps uh, train at a wrestling school over in Hicksville. So I said, oh, tell me more of this. And uh, he told me a little bit about the school and then and the promotion. And I just said, all right. And I remember going down one Sunday morning and trying it out. And, you know, I just, I don't know what it was, but just getting to feel the canvas with my hand on it, you know, because back then with training, you didn't get to go in the ring for like two or three months. Yeah. You know, that was something they used to break you in. Like it was almost like, no one, no one shot on you, but you had to earn the right to get in that ring, even just to circle up. Everything was done outside first, but to answer your question in long form, so I already blew my brevity act. It's all, it's all good. It's, this is uh, what I, this is what we love on a podcast. We want the conversation. We want the story. It's all so good. you know that that was it. It, it. it was just growing up with it. Yeah getting into myself, getting more into it. And then somebody, you know, because back then we didn't, we didn't, I didn't have Google back then. Yeah, I didn't have Siri to ask, you know, we had a message board or two, but they didn't really give you the information as much as you could. Yeah. So it was either an ad in the back of pro wrestling and illustrated, or like in my case, the, the guy at the gym, Gotcha. And here we go. Shout out. To, <laughs> that's my buddy Toe. Shout out to the Knucklehead Network. That is a, a, another network I do podcasting on as well. He, he, he definitely doesn't mind a long story. He, he loves. If he, if he wants, I will take his number down. I will call him tonight. My wife will probably thank him immensely. So I could tell you as long a version of stories you want. There you go, Toe. I'll, I'll, I'll connect you two after the podcast, and you can—he can tell you the whole story. The whole story, and that's every it. single <laughs> bit. What I was wearing that day, what exercises I was doing—you know, I'll—I'll I'll even tell you how far up my ass my father's foot almost traveled when he found out that I was wrestling as a senior in high school. Okay, uh, there you go. Well, yeah. Toe's already gonna love you because you were wearing a Hulk Hogan T-shirt when it started. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. Toe's gonna love you from there. But so we continue that. So. You get that first taste of it, getting to touch the mat, getting to be there. <laughs> <sighs> I love Toe. But we, we go from that. Then you have your time away from it, though. You have your time away from the ring. You decide to follow up 
with uh, football, I believe, correct? Yeah, I, I went off into college, you know, and as, as the story goes, you know, I, my father caught me and I had a scholarship at the time. And, you know, unfortunately, my freshman year of college didn't pan out too well for me either because as I was going towards the cutoff dates to get some of those scholarships that I had on the table, I didn't deliver on my end academically. So I wound up going to Nassau Community uh, first. So gotcha. I really kicked myself in the butt. I continued with football. I played at Alfred State College behind us, and I went and played at uh, the Arena Football League first with the New oh, Jersey uh, New York Dragons, and then I finished off the uh, New Jersey Revolution. But, um, you know, all in all, I, I wish I would have gotten back to wrestling sooner. I wish maybe I would have just stuck with it. But everything in life, as I've learned, happens uh, for a reason. So after we did get back into, you know, we stayed with the football. I had a really nasty shoulder injury. I was going to go play up in Canada for the Argonauts. I had a camp invite for them. And, you know, once I popped my shoulder, that, that was the end of it. So got fixed up, went back to wrestling for a little bit. Uh, very fortunate, very brief, but, but fortunate. Uh, again, I had the uh, pleasure of training underneath uh, Pat Buck, who's with AEW uh, right now, like I said, just a brief period of time, maybe about three or four months. And then unfortunately, outside of the ring, I wound up uh, breaking my neck and uh, needing <sighs> fusion surgery. And uh, we lost our ability to walk for a little while. So that was kind of uh, scary. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Hey. So that was it was outside of the ring. It was. It was outside of the ring. It okay. was outside of the ring, and uh, we'll just we'll just leave it as an accident. No, it's all it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Um, no, but definitely, I wanted to clear that up because I thought as well it was something unfortunately done with the ring. But no, yeah. no, totally outside of the wrestling ring. You know, my injuries in football or in the weight room far outnumber my injuries <laughs> in the ring. So got you. So now let, let's talk that because that process alone, I can imagine going through something like that, a scary moment. It's, it's, it's life-changing. How do we get to now? Cause we, we, there's a reason why the name is the cancer fighter. How do we finally go from recuperating from that and finally being able to walk to, again to now we're good. Let's see if we can get back into the ring. You know, yeah. I never in a million years, even before I became ill, thought that wrestling was something I would ever be able to do again. I also was very passionate about jujitsu and mixed martial arts, you know, and I still played football, obviously not on a professional level, but I played on a recreational level and uh, what people call the semi-pro, which I refer to as men's rec league, just not to confuse folks. Gotcha. Um I thought all of those things were done because when I had my accident, that that was my menu of activities. And I thought I was done with that. And just as I got my ability to walk back, it was just like, I'm not a super religious guy, but I believe whatever, whomever upstairs kind of said, oh, I don't think you got what I was trying to teach you. So I wound up having a massive stroke in my parents' uh, living room. And this was after months of begging doctors, hospitals, whoever would listen, tell them something was not firing correctly. And it all kept getting attributed to my accident and, you know, the temporary bout of paralysis uh, that I had. And unfortunately, through that 
uh, stroke, I was finally listened to. And uh, during the whole emergent process of it, they discovered a golf ball sized brain tumor in the bottom of my cerebellum, which controls actually where you, you walk and balance. So I had that all that progress not only taken away, but now I have this cancer uh, that, you know, quick pathology came back and it turned out that it was, it was melanoma, which normally is a skin cancer. I had a rare type where the primary tumor did not start on my skin and actually went through my eyes and started in my brain and went, damn, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading his quote on the side here. It's a damn bro. You're a survivor. And I'm, Hey, thank you. But, uh, no, it, it went down and, uh, spread throughout the rest of my body. So when we had that stroke, it was pretty much like, no, you're not stage one, two, or three. We were four right out the gate. And then about a few weeks after the brain surgery, I had to take the tumor out. Um, we wound up finding out after a whole bunch of seizures that it had spread to my spinal cord fluid. And that's called leptomeningital enhancement. So that wound up giving me a prognosis of 12 weeks to live. Oh. But to speed things up, because you're not the podcast with the long stories, that's the <laughs> boy. I, for some reason, which I cannot begin to explain, am the only documented cured case of my cancer known to man globally. So with that, I get to use this awesome world of professional wrestling to show folks that just because they tell you you're up the creek don't mean shit. Just keep going because you never know what the hell is going to happen i'm sitting to you here right now talking to you oh and in, that in a room full of my accomplishments that outside of my wife and, and children I, I am prouder than nothing but these things and it's just so crazy because like i said not supposed to be here but now not only i hear but i have all these great opportunities and to not use that as a way to give hope to people that may have lost a little bit of their own it never gets lost on me no and i thank you again for for joining us here because that is that is insane again i give you your your just praise of you fought through it and that is insane to think a prognosis like that to be told yeah you you're not here after 12 weeks you're 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 gone and that, that to me, it's right now, I'm speechless to be able to. And that's usually well, not a thing I do a lot here. This is a podcast. Well, but, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, I have what I call three hallmark moments that I had at the beginning that kind of really helped set the table for me on how we were going to go and do this. Because I had already gone through the, hey, we're sorry. You're never going to get used to this leg back. I'd already been through that. And I already got my dad squeezing my hand. I remember telling him when I had my first neck surgery, squeeze it. He's squeezing my hand and I'm starting to cry. And he's telling me, you toughen the F up. And I just knew that when he told me, because my father unfortunately had to inform me just due to bureaucracy of the hospital I was in, we won't mention names, but it was not the wonderful Memorial Sloan Kettering system who I love dearly, not them. <laughs> Local hospital, not Sloan, love Sloan. Okay. But uh, he, he had to tell me, you know, you had cancer and I knew okay, now's not the time to have the, have the tears. But those three benchmark moments were, you know, I, I remember specifically two months prior to getting sick, my own aunt had died from adenocarcinoma. 
And I've always had a knack for speaking, and sometimes I can be a little long-winded. Not that you would know anything about that at all. No, that, that's all for Joe. No, no, that's no, just, no that's... definitely. I'm, I'm kind of a shy person. But I got picked to give her eulogy, and I didn't really know. I never encountered anyone that close to me who had cancer. And uh, Stuart Scott had uh, just gotten uh, the ESPY award uh, two years prior Uh Basically, at the SVC, got the Jim Valvano Courage Award because he himself was going through uh, cancer at the time. And, you know, he said, when you die from cancer, it doesn't mean you lose. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. So just live. And, and that's what I set up at the lectern. And then when I got sick myself, it was just something that I remembered those words. And I was like, Hey, look, if I only have 12 weeks, well, then we're not going to send the spend the 12 weeks sitting on our ass. We're going to do everything we can and have as much fun and be as around as many folks as possible. So that was like benchmark number one. It was just to keep living, being active. And, you know, the first six months I wasn't getting out there doing push-ups. I was eating breakfast one, two, three, lunch one, two, three, dinner four, five, six, all through Uber Eats having a good time. But we just kept going. Benchmark number two was when I got uh, radiation cleanup of the surgical bed for the tumor. And uh, at the time, Memorial Sloan Kettering didn't have a separate unit for pediatrics, children's radiation oncology. So as you go in there at 31 years old, seeing people who were 31 but not dealing with cancer but dealing with the cancer and a child of theirs who was maybe three or four you sit back and you say to yourself why the f am i feeling sorry for myself these poor kids haven't had a chance to steal a cookie here i am at 31 i've made as many poor choices as anyone could possibly make so i just write that in there so don't you damn feel sorry for yourself you know and anyone who says oh i'm sorry i'm praying for you tell them no those kids deserve the prayers not me and lastly, um, you know, one of the big things, like I said, part of the three is there's a motivational speaker uh, named Inky Johnson. He played cornerback for the University of Tennessee, had a very bad neck injury himself, but however, severed a whole bunch of arteries going into his arm. And he was supposed to be drafted in the first round. And he recalled laying in the hospital bed as they're telling him, hey, son, you know, your NFL career is over, your football career is over, your life may be over. And he was sitting there going, I don't want to do this. But then he remembered if he threw in the towel, his mother would not have a son. His brothers and sisters would not have a brother. His aunt would not have a nephew. His grandmother wouldn't have a grandson. His teammates wouldn't have a teammate. It's not about you. And that's what I always tell people that ask me for advice when dealing with cancer. You know, Having cancer is a burden, but you have to remember you have people around you, but sometimes just as much as they hold you up, you have to hold them back up. So it's not about you. So that was was my cancer experience from the beginning. Now, I'll let you ask the next question before I hijack your show entirely. No, it's, it's, it's it, hearing this and just hearing how you speak, it, it's, it's amazing because it's it's... A situation like that to be able to have such a a positive outlook on it. Dealing with that to think, you know what? I, I can't even focus on myself here, just seeing what others are going through and seeing just those around to look at it like that. It's truly again, Toe said it best. It's inspirational to hear. 
And again, I, I thank you for coming on and thank you. But uh, yeah, let's let's keep it going here. Uh, <laughs> Tell's gonna have to hear me speak in a few hours when we do when we're doing our other podcast. But it's okay. Um, if, if he wants, I'll stick around for that one. We'll just do like a nonstop rolling that, that's thing. That's it. Then you'll tell the longer stories just for him. We'll just I'll, tell I'll, it continually so then they have to listen. Whoever actually is listening. Maybe my dad at this point. That's about it. <laughs> but uh, all right. So getting back into yeah, so, wrestling. Yeah, so how, this, now, how all this happened. All yeah, because right. I have to ask. Because you go through this. Again, going through not only the neck injury. Now you're, you're, you're going through this. You you're winning your battle, which again, I congratulate you on that. Thank you. And I'm glad to be able to have this conversation with you. And the last thing I can imagine is, you know what I want to do now? Let me go take the bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go and just put my body through that. How is well, that decision made? That decision was originally not made by me, but I will be honest. My arm did not have to be twisted that hard. Um, and my wife won't let me forget it. I, like I said, became the only one of my kind, the one of one, you know, when they DNA certified the fact that I was the only cured case of my cancer. And my friends that stood by me, my college and high school teammates that stood by me, my folks, my family, my, my wife, my stepdaughter at the time, you know, everyone wanted to have a party and i said i don't want a party i have very bad uh survivor's guilt as i said sitting in that uh radiation unit seeing those kids i know some of those kids didn't make it and i'm still here and that's always going to be a very uh, difficult pill for me to swallow so i had said I'm sorry. <laughs> I, had, oh, I, I had said to them, look, I'm willing to meet you halfway. Let's have a fundraiser. Okay. I could get behind a fundraiser. I had the means uh, to put on one. Uh, I support uh, a bunch of local veterans charities. My father is a Vietnam veteran. My brother is a veteran of both the war on terrorism and the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. So I work very closely with a bunch of these veterans organizations locally. And I had the local American Legion Hall was willing to donate not only their inside hall, but their outside acreage as well. So I organized uh, a wrestling fundraiser. And one of my friends who kind of was the one poking and prodding saying, you need to get wrestling. You need to get wrestling. And uh, he said, I think you need to get in there. And I said, I have not been in a ring at that point. Oh, gosh, it must have been about 12 years you know, so I said to him, I, I can't, I can't do it. And he said, they told you, you couldn't do a lot of things. You need to do this. And I said, I don't know. We'll see. So like a sneak, he took to Facebook and, and put up a poll and said, well, you guys actually show up and donate more if Sean gets back in the ring and wrestles. So I think it was like a very astounding, a 97% yes. And like a 3% no. And the 3% was like my aunt my mom, my dad, my wife, you know. So uh, at the time, uh, ECPW uh, through Gino Caruso, uh, I had rented him the lot the year before just to have something for the Legion Hall to come out of COVID too. So when we did the whole fundraiser thing, it wasn't very difficult to keep the logistics and flip it again. However, this time I'm saying, hey, Gino, uh, can I get in a ring with one of your guys? And 
very uh, lovingly, he said, sure, you know, like, let's, uh, let's, yeah, we'll let you have your moment. And uh, Rob Chase uh, walked me through what we will call some semblance of a match. Uh, <laughs> it, it looked like a wrestling match. It, it, it smelled like a wrestling match. Like I said, at that time, it was just, let's try to knock some rust off. And I felt more like I was cosplaying than actually getting in there and putting on, you know, like you said, respecting the craft. I no. wouldn't, res I, I couldn't dignify what I did in there. Rob, bless his heart for carrying me through. But me personally, I, I could not dignify what I did as wrestling. So uh, the following year, uh, which now means that there's a second one, uh, <laughs> we raised some good money. It was, it was a good time. People awesome. were like, all right, more power to you. But, you know, my stepdaughter, unfortunately, did not have the chance to see me and maybe all for the better, because like I said, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> but she said to my wife, you know, mommy, I didn't, I didn't get to see daddy wrestle last year. So my wife was hot. She thought I put her up to it. I said, no, 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 nothing to do with this. So she said, you get one more. So I went ahead and I went to go put it on again. And unfortunately my friend that kind of really did the poking and prodding, uh, Michael Fisher, he unfortunately passed away, uh, prior to, uh, the first one. And, uh, he was an Island park fireman. He died in the line of duty. So now at this point I'm out of the woods for over a year. You know, we had another DNA test still clear, still clean. Now it's actually giving an error result. My doctors are telling me this is now it's basically saying, are you scanning for the right stuff? Because we don't even have like historic evidence, so to speak. There's nothing there. They don't know what's going on. So I just say, all right, we'll do this one, but we're going to do it in Michael's name because I didn't want anyone thinking that I still personally had cancer. I didn't want anyone donating un under a false pretense, gotcha. Gotcha. anything like that. So I asked Michael and his, well, and Michael's family if I could use his name for the fundraiser and if there was any organization that they wanted the previous year I did for Sloan Kettering kids, but this year we did for uh, St. Jude's and it just so happened that I was sitting there thinking saying, you know, we already did the, the singles match the year before. No one wants to see the same song and dance for me again. So I said, you know, let me try to be a little bit more active now in the planning and promoting of this card yeah. And part of that was bringing in talent from not only East Coast professional wrestling, but I reached out to NYWC where I first got my start. You know, I had gotten uh, some guys from Creator Pro uh, to be involved in the card as well. So it was kind of like almost like I, I was calling it like the Long Island Wrestling Classic. It's a combination of all the schools kind of coming together, sending representation. And there was a good amount of media coverage involved and local politicians. We had a lot of support behind it. You know, local awesome. fire departments were really involved. And uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, my childhood friend in mine, the one that I told you about a little bit earlier, building the ring in his uncle's backyard. Well, you know, he had gotten some uh, some quick uh, crash course training and uh, we were able to win these ECPW tag titles that were seen behind us. Uh, we didn't, we didn't have that many uh, title defenses as he had to move on to other things, but I digress. Uh, we wrestled uh, Tristan Kyle and uh, Will Sussman on that car. Ooh, pretty, okay. pretty wild. Yep. Uh, from VPW, both uh, Cap kids, great, great guys. Trist Tristan Kyle, I have a feeling is going to be a 
thorn in my side for the remainder of my time in this ring, if not on this planet. Um, but with that said, that was another successful run. And, uh, you know, not to make anyone think that this is my career at this point. Now I say this point because we just wrapped up this fundraiser. I'm a vice president for a marketing company that deals with nonprofit organizations. So I'm used to dealing with cancer organizations, veterans organizations, things like that. So, you know, the local paper came up and said that they wanted to do a story on me and this whole miraculous turnaround that I had had. Again, I said, look, you could cover the event, but they said, no, 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 you need, you need to let us do something on you. So they busted out this big two page story. I'm on the cover, really nice piece. So I go on a retreat with work and I'm talking to my bosses and the owner of the company is a huge wrestling fan. So he had more care and desire to know, like, how did this happen? How do you do this? How does that work? Then what do we have in the development pipeline? Who have you spoken to? What meetings do we, he didn't, he just, he wanted to know what was going on with Roman Reigns and the bloodline. He could have cared less about what society or this or that. So when I got home, I put that, uh, newspaper story up on my LinkedIn. And I thought, hmm, maybe a couple more people are wrestling fans. They'll want to chat with me about Gig USA and the great work that we do. Well, as they say, ESPN entered the chat and uh, uh, spoke with some people from ESPN. And they put me through with some folks from the V Foundation. And they pretty much said, you're, you're our person. We, uh, would like to cover you and, and do a little bit of uh, digging on you and maybe put out something on you, which they wound up doing this past Christmas, which was amazing. Great, great piece. Really thankful, not only for them working with me and allowing me to be an ambassador for them, but I found out in process that the V Foundation actually funded the research that was used to derive my treatment plan to cure my rare cancer. Oh, wow. So everything just... Everything... Nice connection. Very, you know, Matthew McConaughey, true detective, time is a flat circle type deal. You know, everything is connected. So when they said, great job, we want more, we need to see more, I just, it went in my head because the question was asked, do you still wrestle? And... And they said, you know, you doing this means a lot to a lot of people. So at that point, I said, yeah, no, no, I still wrestle. So I had to get on the phone pretty darn quickly. And, you know, the folks at NYWC, um, you know, Shane O'Neill, Mike Norman, you know, a couple of the other guys there that would shoot me if I mentioned their names, you know, they, they welcomed me back with open arms. And, you know, that's my home promotion. You know, it's where I started. It's where I went back for the second time. And, this is where I am for hopefully the last time because we're not starting stopping this again. We're too old for that. Okay, I, mean, I just I just had a baby a few months ago. Not me personally, my wife, but you know it's still it's we're, we're getting up there. Like I said, forty yeah. is around the corner. But at this point, you know my job, uh, my regular job, my shoot job is uh, so supportive of this because the feedback that I've gotten from so many people in the cancer community is something that is so beyond not only powerful to me, but other people as well as they see that there's actually something to this. You know, one of the guys I wrestle with, good friend of mine, uh, Rich Kaysen said to me, look, you know, 
it, it stinks that what you had to go through, but now this is your story. You know, this, this is something that people could see and feel. And, and some people, unfortunately have been through this, you know, it's, he goes other without this, he's like, no offense. You're just another bald wrestler with a beard and tattoos and muscles and black trunks. But, you know, not to make it a gimmick, but it's, you know, like I said, when I go out there to wrestle, I don't view it as wrestling. I view it as fighting because I'm continuing to fight for my life because I am fighting to live. And my version of living is being in that ring. And like I said, hopefully giving hope to other people that are still in this or out of it, or I don't care if they're up the Creek with mental health or they're up the Creek with the bad, domestic situation or just life in general you know we all get kicked and knocked on our ass it's this is about getting back up that's what the cancer fighter is that's getting back up no i love it and again just hearing how you were when you're going through your own battle you're going through that to hear now using this to be able to motivate others it's amazing it's a great way to show that this isn't just a it isn't just a moniker it truly is something it's a just a lifestyle here just to continue in that battle continuing that fight that's that's amazing so now it is also crazy to think okay so we're going from espn to thank you again for for talking to me because espn respect the craft yeah that's a that's a jump right there well you know it, it was uh we, we we've also like i said it's I, i've done a lot of stuff like yeah. i i had the good pleasure and you know being on uh, busted open prior to the space between you know and they were very accommodating they gave me a 20 minute segment. I'm sure that they wish uh, they would have cut it a little bit smaller, <laughs> but no, t- Tommy and Dave LaGreca were, were great. Um, you know, the space itself, I know you showed the graphic earlier. Oh yeah. We're definitely going to, we're, we're I was know, about to that, that as well. That was, uh, that was definitely an awesome, awesome moment for me. I guess you can now say perfect personally and now professionally, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. It's really it was, it was the first uh, first well I couldn't say big card because my fundraisers to me are always going to be big cards you of know course. this was your your you could say the first opportunity again that this wasn't a you're having the hand in it this is now well it, you chosen know, to be a part of it well what wound up happening was yeah. my my original tag partner friend of mine growing up we we had a little rough patch and he had some responsibilities and some commitments he had to honor and you know. I obviously am very committed and dedicated to this because to be anything less than that would be disrespectful to the men and women of our locker room and also men and women of any locker room to half-ass this. Of course. So I know that I have to give this my all, even if that means literally the day my daughter's being brought home from the hospital going to wrestle that night or being across the country from work and you know getting right off the plane at JFK at 6 o'clock and instead of going home, to see my then pregnant wife and stepdaughter, it's hopping in the car and going out to Deer Park to get in the ring to train for a little bit. Because a couple of days later, I had to go win this guy behind me, the NYWC trios title. So let's let's talk about that. Because how does now that come about? How okay. do we get well, to so, this so, match right here? So what happens is, like I said, certain level of commitment and dedication. I had to go a different direction. I knew that there was this tag tournament coming up to get the opportunity to team with Mike Mondo, someone that, you know, in the Long Island wrestling community, 
you know, we have McFoley, but McFoley went up to Dominic Tanucci's school in upstate New York, you know, so he didn't train on Long Island. You know, you had guys that trained on Long Island and made it, but for my generation and going forward, you know, Mike Mondo was the one who, who made it. He was before, you know, Matt Cardone. He was before Brian Myers, you know, and they yeah. came very shortly thereafter from the same place, but Mike Mondo made it first. And, you know, to have that uh, as something to do, to be able to team with him, to then work our way through a tournament to become the first NYWC trios champions was something that I really wanted to do. So, like I said, 11th hour scramble, and it worked out wonderfully. Um, I reached out to an old uh, defensive tackle that I played arena football with, my buddy Darius. And uh, Mr. Juggernaut, as he's called, Darius Payne, <laughs> he, uh, he's every bit shoot 6'7", 350. He is as big and as athletic as they come. And he actually does what they call uh, steel fighting, which is like medieval MMA. Well then, okay. Yeah, it's it's worth a look. We we yeah. we we referenced it in one of our vignettes that we did. That's on mm -hmm. our my Instagram and on the NYWC Instagram. But anyway, having him by my side was great because that made getting to the finals of that tournament a little bit yes. easier. Which, interestingly enough, again, time flat circle all connects together because uh, we had to beat uh, Queens gets the money in the finals there and Pat Fitzpatrick is part of that team. So it, it's no shock to me fast forward to the Saturday that my first NYWC singles match is against Pat Fitzpatrick, but we'll get back to Mr. Fitzpatrick briefly. So Darius and I wound up winning the right team with Mondo and we worked our way through a, a very tough tournament. You know, we had a beat uh, Rex, uh, Rex Lawless and milk chocolate. That was definitely a, tough experience also a learning experience too both personally and professionally you know heck of a great guys all, all three of them but that, yeah. that was tough as all can be and, and then it was on to the space and you know you're talking about you know conceptually and, and attendance wise you're talking the largest independent wrestling show in long island history you know you the attendance you know and everything the media coverage for it it was pretty nuts and to hear that my appearance was able to move a couple of tickets on Busted Open, it's nothing cooler than getting to say, hey, my first big one back, you know, you're a box office draw. So there you go. Hey. I had another thing, you know, we fought a hard match. I, I got to share a little bit of my story after the match with the, the crowd there. And we brought these guys home. Now, unfortunately, the wheels have kind of fallen off on that. And, uh, you know, Mike Mondo has some things that he had to tend to, and uh, he kind of just checked himself out there. And uh, Mr. Payne had some other prior commitments. So by the time we got to our last title defense, which was our second title defense, it was exactly that, our, our last defense. You know, Dickie Rods thankfully stepped up to the plate and was able to fill in for Darius. But the synergy that we kind of all worked together fell apart. Yeah. So. You know, my I tip my hat to the Shillelagh Hitman and Izzy McKenna. You know, great job, and I'm sure they're going to have a long reign. But as I've told folks on social media and and, and to the NYWC locker room and management, you know, I, I didn't come back here now to be viewed as literally a, a gimmick. You know, I, this is not just a 
feel-good story. I came back here to prove not only, like I said, to the cancer community, but to prove to myself that I actually belong here. Like I said, it's been seven months that I've been back in the ring training now, and it's totally different now. Like I said, now there is respect for the craft. There is no more cosplay. You know, I am a professional wrestler, okay? I take this every bit of serious. Like I said, the amount of time I've spent away from my family and will continue to spend away from them, unfortunately, to dedicate to this is is what needs to be done because at the end of the at the end of the day it's uh you, you're in this to win the big one you know you're in this to win the championship if you're in this to just be happy to be here then you're just taking a spot away from somebody else who deserves it no and definitely and i love to hear that because now that answers my next question of just how it feels now being officially saying again as a pro wrestler instead of just where we're here it's like no now this is this is the craft again. This is what you chose to do it, and again to be a part of it again. It is it is thrilling um, from a creative standpoint as, as well. I, I view myself as a, a pretty uh, creative person. I know maybe I'm a little coming off a little drab, but you know, I uh, I got I got a little twinkle to me when it comes to creativity and stuff like that. You know, even getting to do my I run my own social media. I have a lot of help from folks at NYWC. You know, speaking of NYWC social media, again, uh, the social media team there, Rich Kaysen, who's been running the social media, is doing a heck of a job. Uh, go to YouTube. Uh, we recently relaunched NYWC Connected, which is going to start being our home base there for promos and showing a couple of matches, either new ones or some ones that are back in the archives. You know, pretty much anybody who ever wrestled and came up through Long Island has been part of NYWC. Like, you can hop on there right now, and uh, Adam O'Reiner, the Big O, who I've known long before he was the Big O. I've known him for over 25 years. Uh, he's one of the reasons why I'm bald. Um, but, you know, you can go see him wrestle a young MJF yeah. at NYWC, all on YouTube. So NYWC connected. But, um, you know, being back, you know, other than helping spread the NYWC name because – Everything, like I said, happens for a reason. Even my unfortunate involvement with Tristan Kyle, because if there is no Tristan Kyle, then there is no American Legion ECPW tag match. So then there is no ESPN. There is no magazine article. You know, it just, it all, I don't get to work with Memorial Sloan Kettering or Melanoma Research Alliance. Like, there's no, there's no momentum. It doesn't happen. So I'm in, you know, everything is stacked up on top of it for a reason. So that went NYWC, I don't have a platform, but I do have goals. And like I said, it's obviously a championship or not that I'm going to speak to it. It could be a certain person, you know, woo, 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 you know it. But I'm not going to go too ahead of myself because I have to worry about Pat's Fitzpatrick. On Definitely. Saturday. We, we got to talk about that. Just, I guess you, you're always ready is, is what you're saying, though. Thank you. Look, when it comes to Long Island wrestling, there's certain people that, you know, like I said, I could say, yeah, I want a NYWC championship. Or could I go for the Long Island wrestling equivalent of the streak. I don't know. 
It's just first things first, Mr. Fitzpatrick, because I'm not taking him lightly. I know he doesn't travel alone. I've gone on to traveling alone now, so I get it. It's uh, it's a little bit of a grind. It's it's easier to have someone with you, but that doesn't take anything away from Pat Fitzpatrick. He has been nothing short of a consummate professional. I know he's been at this probably now, gosh, probably about 12, 13 years. You know, he, he was just getting himself up and running as I was coming back for my second time. And, you know, I, I had made mention this in a, in a backstage interview, you know, our path split. He got to stay in this world. I unfortunately got forced out of it. Now I'm back. And I really would think of no better place to get the ball rolling yet again with Mr. Fitzpatrick. So I may have alluded to other folks or folk or something else, but right now we are fully focused on Pat Fitzpatrick. Not you, no, definitely. And this would be, it, it's, a, it's again, it's a perfect start here again to get that momentum rolling, like you said. And again, you already faced them once. Now it's a, it's a one-on-one fight right here. What a better way. And especially to start off the new year. You're both, unfortunately, when it comes to NYWC, coming off losses. What a way here to start off the momentum to get that much-needed win and start on those goals of possibly that championship match or making some some notes to a certain um, indie indie god or indie king, as you as you will. So, uh yeah, no, no names being mentioned. We're just, we're just, we're just saying some things. That's all. Hey, you know, Rocky needs his Apollo Creed. A lot of people have started telling me that I'm the Rocky of wrestling. So, but first thing is first. Everyone needs a Spider Rico. Not that I'm thinking less of Mr. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. I, I had to make some comments about him a few, a few months ago because over at VPW we had some issues. Uh, <laughs> Because he he doesn't like uh, the group I'm in, Kane Industries, too much. So I had to, well, had to make know, some comments about him. I, I just hope that, you know, and I, and I know he's going to bring me his best, but I want the best of Pat. I don't want the best of Pat and Jay. Okay? I just want one-on-one. And to think that Jay may not be up and about. I, <laughs> look, I wasn't born yesterday. All right? Maybe... It's uh, it's something that we need to plan for. It's something we prepare for. You know, I've surrounded myself now with a, with a good fight team, something we've been training for. You know, there there's film to this. It's, it's not like you just go into something blindly and go, all right, well, this is who I'm working. No, no, no. There's tape study involved. So I, I know I know a little something about these guys, you know, both from up close and, and far away. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. You know, I, I don't make predictions. I don't do that type of thing. So we'll just let things happen. Gotcha. Definitely understood. So now again, we talked about it. It's the new year as well. So again, Saturday, it will be Pat. You talked, we alluded to a name, but what else is on the, the horizon here for the cancer fighter for Sean Wachter here? What is, well, what is on that slate? What are we, what are we looking forward to in 2024? I'm sure this is going to be like another thing where you're like, okay, and really not so much related to wrestling, but I have the really, really cool chance to uh, go speak in front of Congress in March uh, to come to them and, and stand before Congress as 
a cancer survivor, a, a melanoma survivor, and speak to them about the importance of uh, clinical research and clinical trials uh, through the work I'll be doing with the Melanoma Research Foundation. Uh, not Melanoma Research Alliance, so I'm already partnered with. I am rapidly gathering as many partnerships as I possibly can because my story is unique. I don't want to sound pompous or arrogant, but it's just you're not going to find too many people that have gone down the trail I've gone through in life. And I think it's pretty neat that I get to represent the world of wrestling while also getting to represent the cancer world as well, because everyone here can be sure that when I go before Congress, I, I'm not going to be going to them as Sean Wachter, business executive. I'll be going in front of them as, as the cancer fighter, Sean Wachter, professional wrestler. Because, like I said, outside of my wife and, and kids, uh, I am nothing. I am secondly, this, uh, I am prouder than nothing else than, than my work I get to do here. And uh, like I said, it's just hopefully it's all for the better. Any steps we take in any arena is really, it's just a testament to the fact that, like I say, the sum of the appearances I do, you know, there is ability and disability. No, oh, I, I love that. And I, I have to say, um, I wish you the best. And I hope that they do listen and do see that help in a situation like this is much needed. Being to give some more push on that and be able to help with the research and be able to make there more than just, which again, it's great that it, it you are that one case right now, but hopefully we can hear more stories. Well, like that's, this. that's the thing. You know, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, this is the only situation where you're one of one, where you're like, no, I don't want to be one of one. I do what I do because I don't want to be one of one. I want someone to go, hey, look, you know what? The cancer research thing, that let this guy to continue to live. And not only did he get to continue to live, but he got to continue to live his dream. Mm -hmm. And I want that to be applicable to everyone. I don't want to be the only one of one. I want everyone to have this chance. And that's why I tell everyone, it doesn't matter who you give your money to, but any vetted cancer organization, especially the ones that are going and putting the money directly towards research, you know, it, it's greatly needed. We are really on the cusp of hopefully finding a cure. Definitely. So please, anyone that is listening as well, make sure you're following Sean here. We're going to put the, the social media right here to make sure you stay up to date with all this. And again, follow and see the amazing work he's doing and get to see these amazing organizations that you can look into and donate as well and help because this is definitely something that it's needed. Again, I've unfortunately lost two family members to separate battles with cancer and to be able to see someone putting this much effort when again when you've dealt with your own you fought your own battle and to see you put this much effort to be able to help others get through theirs it is again something i cannot uh i can't thank you enough for. well you know I, I, and again another thing i tell folks is just that i have done the best living of my life in the past seven and a half years since having cancer than I did in the prior 31 years. I have met the girl of my dreams, got a chance to help raise her daughter with her, had a daughter of my own, became a vice president of a company. I'm working on my MBA right now. You know, it's just, 
I did all of this and got moving while either having the cancer or coming right off of it. And the amount of support I got to not now give back would be spitting in everybody's face because I would not be living my best life. And part of living that best life, like I said, is exactly that living and, and living vigorously, doing wacky things, not being afraid to take chances. Look, you know what? I tell everyone that comes to see me, cheer me, boo me. You know what? That's your right. But I never want you to cheer or boo me or boo me for that matter that I did not give it 110%. You know, there so you I thank yeah. you for your time. I thank your listeners and I thank everyone out there who's ever been through this unfortunate disease or has unfortunately lost a family member to it. You know, we're all in this together. Lovely. And now, thank you. And again, before I start wrapping this up here, I do have to ask you one final question. And that is for the cancer fighter himself, for Sean Walker, what is the end goal? The end goal, the end goal. Well, we want to hopefully take this on a national platform. Um, we have had some conversations. I have spoken to a few of the different organizations that are currently on TV, and I'm not going to mention names, and I'm not going to mention who I've spoken to, not only because I just don't think it's professional, but also, too, I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, of course or, not. Know, no, definitely. You know, but... Everyone knows I exist. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. The there question is where they're going to fit me is something that's being worked on. So the end goal for this is to get on the national stage, but for the sole purpose of letting this story be told to hopefully inspire somebody else. Because if I can inspire one more person, and like I said, it doesn't have to be wrestling. One more person to get up and go fishing again. One more person to get up and try running again. One more person to just get up and try living again. And you know what? I would relive my worst day of cancer a thousand times over like Groundhog's Day in a heartbeat. Because it gives me purpose. It makes everything I did validated. That's awesome. And again, that is to, to hear that again, I I I won't I won't stop thanking you here. But thank you again so much, Sean, for joining us. Like I said, please make sure you're following on his social media right there. Go support him this Saturday at NYWC and will be NYWC Presents Sideshow January 20th live from the NYWC Sportatorium there. Go check them out. And again, to everyone watching, don't forget to always be wise, be genuine, be real, be better people, respect the craft. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.